It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. Quick, Christian, who's your favorite Care Bear? The green one. Is there a green Care Bear? I don't, I don't watch kids shows, man. I did used to watch the Teletubbies. Who was your favorite uh, Teletubby? I don't know, the sun. <laughs> He's not a Teletubby? That's a sun with a baby's face on it. I like the vacuum that loved waffles. What? Yeah, wasn't that a thing? No, that sounds like some acid tripping shit that you're watching. They definitely had a vacuum that was a pet character of the show. Are you sure that wasn't like Pee Wee Herman's house? No, sir. No, sir. Did For... you watch Pee Wee Herman? Pee Wee's Funhouse? Pee Wee's Funhouse. Yes. That was a trippy show. Yeah, Pee Wee's a weird dude. Yeah, obviously we know from uh, why he got in trouble a few years ago. I actually don't think that's a true story. You don't think so? Then I what's the actually, true story? I think that's actually an urban legend that he was caught jerking off in like an adult 30, right? That's yeah. what you're talking about? I think that's an urban legend. Really? Yeah. Or if it was, it was like blown out of proportion or out of context. I don't think that's actually what happened to uh, that actor. But did he actually go into a pornographic theater? You know, I've said everything I know. It already blows my mind that that exists. You know what blew my mind? What? Do you remember in the Pee Wee Herman movie when he goes to that giant dinosaur? Yeah. I've been there. I've been to that dinosaur. Did you take a picture? Of course. Nice. You got that? Yeah. I went. It's a... Here's the craziest part about that dinosaur. Did not know I was going to be ending up telling this story, but here's where it's at. All right. I found that dinosaur on a road trip to New Orleans with my cousin Jeff. And when you go to that dinosaur, it's actually a museum about dinosaurs. Um, it's actually a museum of creationism. So they're trying to explain Whoa. how there's dinosaur bones, even though there's no dinosaurs in the Bible. And if you think I'm joking, I am not. This sounds crazy. They have so many pictures of Jesus Walking around with dinosaurs. What? Because according to creationism and that thought process, dinosaurs were around when people were because the earth is only 12,000 years old. That's right. According to creationism. 12,000 years old. So me and my cousin Jeff were shocked at what we were looking at. Had no idea what we had stumbled upon. It was a creationism dinosaur museum, bro. That... Those are two conflicting ideas just it's converging. The most bonkers thing. Can you I've imagine ever seen. a kid learning about the beginning of life and having a field trip at that museum and just being like, "Yeah, Jesus and dinosaurs it's just together." Like, why not just have the dinosaurs in the Garden of Eden? Why? Why also make the dinosaurs part of Jesus's life? Would Adam and Eve <laughs> be in danger if 100%. dinosaurs were in the Garden of Eden? You know. Dinosaurs were vicious, vicious creatures, and that's the reason why, at the time of dinosaurs, for the hundreds of millions of years that they were ruling the earth, mammals were no bigger than three inches. Very tiny. Yes. I think you're talking about bugs. No, mammals. Bugs. <laughs> mammals aren't bugs. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Bugs aren't mammals. Fucking joke. I am not joking about the Triassic era, Christian. <laughs> okay? You take those fucking jokes to the Jurassic era. That's where the jokes come in. You get really mad when I miss, mess with your history facts, or facts. Don't put the air quotes around it. I say Fact. real shit. Re real. Like how uh, rappers say, that's real, bro. You know who? No, we're not going to. Welcome, 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 everybody. Yeah, welcome to another episode of ICBTB Podcast. Also known as It, it can't, can't Be, be that, that Bad Podcast. I want to hear you sing the theme. It can't be that bad. Oh, it can't be that bad. Oh, it can't be that bad. Oh, it can't be. I'm saving that sound bite. And for... Random episodes, I'm going to put that as our intro. I like that. Hey, guys, send us your version of you singing It Can't Be That Bad theme song, and maybe we'll feature it in an episode. An, an episode? An episode? An episode. <laughs> I'm having an episode. 
I think some people call it a conniption. Oh, if you can't see his face right now, it looked like his entire head sunk into his collarbone. Wow. 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 Hey, buddy. Hey, pal. So we're doing a movie today. And by doing it, you mean reviewing the podcast. Yeah, I don't know why I said doing a movie, because we don't do movies. That's my line. I do movies. You do movies? I like to think about doing movies. You've done movies before. Short, tiny movies. Short films is what they call it, but... Today, specifically, we're tackling a film that you really like. One of my all-time favorites. You brought this to us. I did. And I brought it up because a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a a mutual friend of ours, and I had mentioned that I'm watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith on HBO. Uh Uh-huh. By the way. uh, We're watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yep. Sorry. And uh, to my shock, they let me know that that's not apparently a good movie. And I told her to shut up. Were you livid? I wasn't livid, but I was upset. I could see you getting into a bar fight because someone was talking shit about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I fought over less. <laughs> and I could also see you getting into a bar fight over less. I was once uh, invited to a wedding in which I got into an argument about George Clooney's Batman. Uh, Were you defending George I Clooney's was, Batman? was, shockingly enough. I was. It's weird because... I know Batman, not as Christian Bale, not as Val Kilmer, but as George Clooney, because the first Batman movie yep. I saw was Batman and Robin. And you know who's Mr. Freeze? Dr. Freeze. Excuse me. He went to uh, evil villain school. Yeah, dude. Give him credit for all of his education. <laughs> Dr. Freeze, bro. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Freak. motherfucking Schwarzenegger. We will get to Batman and Robin, because that is a perfect film for this movie, for this podcast. It's been suggested to us by... A numerous amount But of my favorite scene is what? when they're snowboarding down the roofs of Gotham. Crazy. We definitely have to do that movie. I'm I'm 100% on board Unfortunately, with it. we didn't do that movie. No. The movie we did was Mr. Mr. and Mrs. And Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. I have something to bring to the show. Here's the nitty gritty. You're making the nitty gritty a musical now? Well, that was, that's the new theme song I'm working on. Is that not good? I don't know. It just sounded like a very timid (laughs) musical talking. Mr. and Mrs. Smith was rated PG-13 and was released in the year 2005. It has a rating of, excuse me, a runtime of two hours, six minutes. I am so sorry. I did not know this movie was two hours. Confusing people. Did not know it was 126 minutes long. It's a long film. And you know what? What? You know why I didn't know it was this long? Because you enjoyed it. Because it goes it goes by fairly quick. One got went by kind of slow. Didn't mean I didn't enjoy it, but it did feel a little slow. It took me two days to finish it. Not gonna lie. Are you offended? Well, you just it's just I, I want the audience to think we have a solid front sometimes, and like you're always undermining me. I'm not undermining. This is called unfiltered communication. It has a six point five out of ten on IMDb, and a sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, buddy, cheer up. It's okay. I'm sorry that I offended you. This movie, I really did enjoy this movie. It just felt long. It's all right. And a 55% on Metacritic. You're making people secondhand depressed. Can you stop that? (laughs) We need you chipper, man. All right. And Christian, can you guess what percentage of Google users like this film? Now you look hopped up on crack. But my guess is going to be, I actually, I'm so sorry. I looked up the Google users on accident. I didn't look it up, but I happened to see it. 92%. No, 92%. That's correct. Yeah, because I <laughs> accidentally saw it. Well, I'll, I'll quiz you on the budget and box office now. Yeah, I don't know the budget. Uh, synapses coming at you here. Right at you. John and Jane Smith, a couple in stagnant marriage, live a deceptively mundane existence. However, each has been hiding a secret from the other. 
their assassins working for adversarial agencies. When they both are assigned to kill the same target, Benjamin Dan's, the truth comes to the surface. Finally free from their cover stories, they discover that they've been assigned <laughs> to kill each other, sparking a series of explosive attacks. I thought this was a cool premise. I remember seeing trailers for this, Dude, and I was like, this is dope. I love every bit of this film. There is literally nothing. I have no bad things to say about this film. Only good things. Uh, Christian. What's up? Would you like to guess the budget of this film? Budget of the film was $56 million. Incorrect. Okay, what was it? Double that. Really? $112? million. Jeez. I mean, I guess a lot of explosions, a lot it's of extras. A, and uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt both walked away with $20 million. Dude. Yeah, insane. A-list actors. Do And... Uh, and doing their best. I also want to say this. I was going to save it for a little bit later. But do you know why the romance sells in this film so well? Because they were actually together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well. No, no, no. He was with Jennifer Aniston during this time. And people say that this movie is the reason as to why he left J-Ass. I, well, what? Jay Aniston. <laughs> I said it wrong. <laughs> I was supposed to say. What? I was supposed to say. I was doing the thing where you shorten people's names hey, by hey, saying the that's, first that's my thing. letter of the, the name and then the first syllable of the last name. It's like, Janiston. You would be it's Amid. Stop it. I would be Seaball. Wow, you are ruining my bit. Let me contract names. Okay, you fine. Janiston. <laughs> okay. Amid. Okay. Chaltazar. Chal first of all, you don't say my first name as Christian. <laughs> I'd be pissed. <laughs> so it's Chaltazar, if anything. Would you like to guess the box office gross of this film? You told me already. No, the box office gross. I told you the budget. Oh, that was the budget. That's right. <laughs> um, $200 million. You think it doubled its money? Yeah. You think highly of this film? Well, you have two A-list actors, mm -hmm. both beautiful people, at and he sprinkled some career. action at the height. I think this movie made Angelina Jolie like a rock star or like an action star because she did Salt and Wanted and uh, The Beowulf. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess that counts as an action film, yeah. um, but like where she's doing the action. Yeah, because before this, she was just she was doing more dramatic roles. I guess Tomb Raider. Tomb Oh, and that was before this. That's right. So maybe Tomb Raider is what paved her way as sure. an action star. Um, no, it made $487.3 million. It made about, I believe, what about $50 million in its opening weekend alone. I believe it. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It killed. Um, and I want to say, they both look incredible Great. in this film. They look good. Brad Pitt's abs and Angelina Jolie look great. <laughs> When I look at Brad Pitt, I don't know whether or not I should be happy or angry. My goal in life is to look like Brad Pitt. I know you've told me. I've said this in the past. I, you know what? If I could pick a body to look like, his genetics must be so good. Look at it. Did you see him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, dude. That man has like zero fat on his body. As a 55-year-old, that's how old he was when he was doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Still looking good, man. This movie, I can't believe this movie was made 15 years ago. Yeah. A long time ago, and he's aged so well. They've both aged very well. Because Angelina yes. Jolie, even in Maleficent, looking like a snack. Uh, fun fact, I was going to save this for later, but this was the highest grossing film for both of them. Uh, Ever? Until Maleficent for Angelina Jolie. And would First you, one? Would you like to guess which Brad Pitt movie was is his highest grossing film? Um, Fight Club. 
World War Z. Oh, I should have thought of that. Yeah. Well, World War Z, prior to its release, it was a book. Mm-hmm. People love zombies. Yep. People love Brad Pitt. You put all of that together, you got a you got a booming movie, baby. Well, and I will. That is a great movie in some aspects. I will say, here's my one complaint about that movie, and we what? will talk about the movie that this podcast is supposed to be on in Mr. a minute. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, but my problem with World War Z is, this guy is the luckiest, unluckiest son of a gun in the world, because he's literally everywhere that the drama is happening. Yes. There's no way that one man in the whole eight billion people on this planet is in all of, who is he, Forrest Gump? He's in all of the historical moments in time. Dude, yeah, that's a good then, way to put it. And then they need him to like He's solve the forest, all of the problems. The Forrest Gump of zombie, of zombie apocalypses. Land. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because he's getting lucky, dodging bullets. Do- he- flying from Korea to America to where, uh, like the Middle East. He's flying all over the world. He survives an airplane crash. He survives depressurizing of the cabin. He survives multiple zombie outbreaks in the biggest city in the world in New York. Like, I will venture to say that. Brad Pitt never dies in any film. No, I wouldn't even whoa. say Benjamin Button. They say he dies, but no, he just lives backwards. I think he does like a Jacob's Ladder scenario where like we don't see him die in his films, but like it's implied that he died. Yeah, it's implied. Oh, wait, he dies in like the first five minutes of Meet Joe Black. That's like oh, the whole premise. Oh, he's a fucking ghost. The whole, he's, he's the devil. Oh, the devil. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the movie Ghost. With Patrick Swayze? <laughs> Peaceways? Peaceways and Whoop Gold? <laughs> is Whoop Gold in there? Whoop Gold is like the best part of Ghost, bro. Dude, I, I can't remember Ghost, dude. The only part I remember about Ghost is uh the Unchained Melody scene where he's helping her uh with her pottery and they end up just fucking. That is the most sensual scene ever. And um, yeah. I bet you a lot of people ended up taking pottery classes after that scene. Oh, with their like girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, just to like really or get just into with it? strangers hoping it would eventually turn into that. Brad Pitt. Um, Brad Pitt. And, Hang on, uh, wait, is it not Whoopi Goldberg in that movie? Dude, I don't know, man. You're going to sound like an idiot if you said Whoopi Goldberg was in that movie. Can you imagine just being the dude that has his movie facts so wrong that you're saying Whoopi Goldberg is in every movie? Oh, in Glorious Bastards? The one with Whoopi Gold? Oh. I just want Whoopi Goldberg in every movie. And then when it comes to Whoopi Goldberg movies, you're like, oh, she's not in it. Like Sister Act, you're like, oh, the one with Oprah? Back in the Habit, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great... Oh, thank God. No, Whoopi Goldberg is in this oh, film. Oh, he would have sounded so dumb, dude. <laughs> I was like, no, she's a, she's a major player in that movie. Okay. <sighs> okay, guys. Now we're going to talk about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Now, this is where you could start <laughs> listening <laughs> to the podcast. The title is uh, 15 minutes in. <laughs> 15 minutes in and they still haven't talked about the movie? Which is weird because I really do love this movie. This movie was great. Let's take it from the top. Yes. They are in marriage counseling. It's great because um, this movie takes place in a world where this couple uh, who was married for five or six years mm-hmm. um, knows so little about each other that uh, Angelina Jolie can't tell that it's her husband from 100 yards away using binoculars. Yes, Like that dude. was an interesting thing. You know when she finally realized that it was her husband was when he whipped his dick out to pee. Okay. She recognized his penis. No, that's not what it is. Okay, you that's can't me just see breaking her penis. it down. You can't see his penis from that angle. I will say- the And you can't part- see her penis. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> the funniest part about the video of him peeing mm-hmm. is at one point he puts his hands behind his head and interlocks his fingers. No one pees like that. No one pees like <laughs> Kids that. Kids do. Kids? No, kids don't put kids their hands do. behind their backs. People don't even put their hands behind their back, uh, hands behind their heads when they're getting their dick sucked. Have you done that? Yes. You do? 
What do you, what do people, wait, weird sidebar, and we won't stay on it for that long because I know mothers listen to this. What do people do with their hands when they get their dick sucked? I mean, I know what I do with my hands. Christian. What? There's plenty of things to do with your hands. You can okay, finish yeah. Sudoku. You can Sudoku? change the channel. It's Sudoku, can... bro. <laughs> I don't care. I'm American, bro. I say it however the fuck I want. Well, you can't say Asian. You're saying Asian names wrong. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Crazy film. Um, they are chasing, they're sent after a um, target mm-hmm. whose nickname is Tank. And he's the skinniest motherfucker. It's Adam Brody. Adam Brody. And yes. he is very skinny. I will say, Adam Brody in this film is great, perfectly cast. I believe this is the role that gained him the role of The Flash in the oh. unmade Justice League film, where Army Hammer is Batman. Uh, Adam Brody is the Flash, and like they had this movie all written out, and even had principal photography, like some photo. Who's Army Hammer? Up. Why are you saying Army Hammer? That's an actor's name. No, Army Hammer. Yeah, that sounds like a tool used in the army. No, he's the guy. He plays uh, the Winklevoss twins in uh, the Facebook movie. He's, all... he's also the Lone Ranger. Okay, now we're talking. Now we're talking references. But if you say if you're telling me a hammer is playing a superhero, you're being. So ridiculous right now. Am I? Yeah, because that's his name. And you're like, I thought you were not. Look up Army Hammer. Prove it to me right now. Uh, please please stand by. I cannot believe you're you're saying a, a Home Depot tool is the name of an actor. Suck on my penis. Oh, okay. That's a fucking ridiculous name. His parents were drunk when he named him. Army Hammer, and Army is spelled A-R-M-I-E. And the last name is Hammer. What's his sibling's name? MC? Uh, I will say his full name is actually um, Armand. Oh, so he changed. Armand Douglas Hammer. I would believe in Armand Hammer, but an army hammer. Get the fuck out of town, dude. Anyway. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yes. Adam Brody is the target. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're sent to kill him. We, we don't know what exactly they do, but we do know that they're assassins. I want to say that my favorite part in the first in the opening of the movie is they're sent on these missions, and we're still not quite sure what they do. Um, but they're like going out for the night, and I like that they kind of frame it as if Angelina Jolie's going out, and she's like, "Oh, it's just going to be a quickie." So you're like, "What? Like, is she maybe cheating on?" That's what you think. And then and then Brad Pitt's like, "Oh, well, I'm going to go out with the boys," and he like goes and gets drunk and ends up starts playing poker. And then halfway through those scenes, respectively, we find out that she's not having an affair. She's actually there to kill a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad Pitt isn't actually getting drunk playing poker. He's also there to kill a different man. Uh, and that's when we find out that they're assassins. And it's great. I, I love the reveal. I love the obvious differences in their styles their of assassination. Yes. Yeah, so they're both the best at their job, right? Yeah, it seems. But is Brad Pitt bad at his job? Because every time you see him do stuff, it almost seems like he's not good at being an assassin. It seems like purposefully sloppy. A couple of times, like at one point, he like dives over a fence and like does like a, a roll and you hear him like fall and like, Ugh. like so he's not good at what he's doing. I don't doing. know what it is. It's so funny. I, I, is it? Okay, let me know if this is comparable. Okay. Like how Jackie Chan is great at fighting in Drunken Master because he's drunk. And so he's getting lucky because mm-hmm. his movements are so fluid. Is that how he's getting so lucky is because his clumsiness makes him an unpredictable assassin? He could be drunk. We do see him drink quite a bit. Yeah. I do really like, so in the beginning of the movie, we kind of see their home life yes. when they're married. And they're in like a loveless marriage. But it's also like a very, their relationship in the marriage does seem fairly real. 
right? Yeah. That, that disconnect makes sense for a couple that would like rush into marriage and then five, six years later, here they are still married in the house and like they have everything that they should want, yes. a nice house and good jobs and yet yet nothing, something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. So thus we meet them in marriage counseling. Yes. Um, and we could see this kind of disconnect because they're not being truthful with each other and they can kind of tell but not tell. You would think if they're so good at their jobs, they could tell if the other person yeah. was lying. An example of their disconnect in their communication is the therapist is asking, hey, uh, if you guys were to rate how happy on a scale of one to 10 of how happy you are in this marriage, what would you guys give yourselves? And right off the bat, Angelina Jolie goes eight. eight. And Brad Pitt goes I don't understand the question. <laughs> he said he doesn't understand the symbol. He's like, is one mean? My... It's like is ten the greatest, and then he's like, one's uh, the 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 best. Worst? And then he goes, um, how often do you guys have sex? And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah, he's like, he doesn't know. How, how often do you guys have sex? And Brad Pitt goes like, is this a one to ten question? Yeah, and it cuts right there. It is such a married man thing to do. Yeah, it's just like. I'm not going to answer. I don't him. want any problems. Like, I'm not trying to deal with this later. He, he's stressed the fuck out. He's exhausted emotionally. This is one of Brad Pitt's best, I think. I think he's doing a great job. And the way he plays this character, it's such a Brad Pitt character, right? Yeah. It's such like an iconic- I can't see it being being played by anyone else. Anybody else. No. I will say that I did look at a list of some other people who were potentially up for this film. And who who are they? Johnny Depp. It was At one point, it was Johnny Depp and Nicole Kidman. I wouldn't watch. And, I wouldn't be as eager to watch that. And then uh, attached to the film was Brad Pitt and Nicole Kid. Nicole uh-huh. Kid dropped out. Brad dropped out. But Angelina and then Angelina Jolie. signed on. Angelina Jolie looks like on. a great spy, a they great assassin. Do. They both mm-hmm. perfectly fit the role. And Brad Pitt has unfortunately like never done that same kind of character again. And and I think it's a shame. Yeah. I think he could play a really cool spy, ditzy dumb spy. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, he does in Once Upon a Ho- No Once, Once Upon, Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's not ditzy, but he is very cocky. much like in this film. He's cocky. Very cocky. Um, a couple of things I want to talk about is, so they go off and do their murders, and then they come back to the house after their first mission, and then yeah. they both have to try and like play cool with each other because they are going to a neighbor's party. Dude, and the neighbors are super Christian. I want to talk about those neighbors for a second because those of everybody in this film who gets the shaft, and a lot of people die in this film, yeah. the neighbors have it the worst. They, yeah. Because they go to that party, semi-embarrassed, both the, the wife and the husband, and then later in the film, Brad Pitt uses the husband as a human shield. Poor man. Then they break into their house and steal their minivan. And they fuck it up. And they steal their jackets. This poor Christian couple gets the lo- gets the short end of the stick. And you know what those jackets said? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus rocks. rocks. They were Jesus rocks track jackets. I want those jackets. I want those badly. I want those and I want to wear them on this podcast. Yeah, I'd wear can, those outside. You can wear the guy and I'll wear the girl. I don't even care. Dude, I'll, we can, I'll wear James. depending on how we want to fit these track jackets, we'll wear whatever the fuck we want. Um, I, I love, and they have a party. So at that party, at one point, Angelina Jolie has handed a baby and, and she's holding it like you hold a baby dude, in the most awkward way. And the best part about it is like, she's looking past the baby at one point and Brad Pitt sees her and he's like, what the fuck? And she's just like, I don't know. And like, they both have this perfect marriage moment of like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like they have like that silent Full conversation in mm-hmm. half a second that that relationships have because they know that there's danger. Like you want a fucking baby because like, no, I don't. Uh, uh, like don't worry, I don't want a baby. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly that beautiful scene, beautiful interaction. They right there. they are doing doing everything to the best of their abilities. I want to defend myself real quick. Um, for what? For holding babies. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I told you that one story about me holding my niece. Yeah, at a well, baptism, you, you held her by her neck. No, I didn't. You make that sound like I wrung her neck. <laughs> 
You make it sound like I wrung her neck like a wet shirt. No. That's what I heard. No. It was just, you know, she was just newly born. And when they're newly born, there's not enough cartilage to really hold. It's, it's awkward. A I know lot of people to, have held newborns. I could hold toddlers. Toddlers are super easy to hold. You can hold them like this with, the, with their, you know, like your, your, your coddling them. Yes. For those of you who are listening, he's holding as if he's got a giant burrito in his arms. But if, good way to put it. But if you're holding a newborn baby, their weight is not distributed in a... That's all in the head. They're very top heavy. All in the head. So like, what do you do with the body? Do I put more focus on the Let head, on the body? Nope. I'm not letting anything hang. This is how babies <laughs> can die. Whoa. What do you mean, whoa? That's where you're crossing the line? I'm not a baby killer. I just am awkward when I'm holding babies, but don't make it seem... No, no. You you, you are, but only because you haven't been around enough newborns. Or, this makes or sense. a single newborn long enough. I'm down right? to be, yeah. Like when my nephew was born, I didn't know how to hold a baby at first and I was very scared. But then, you know, you kind of get, you kind of get used. By the time yeah. my niece came around, we were playing catch with that girl. You know what I mean? We know what's up. Like throwing, throwing her body. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, Brad Pitt's best friend in this film. Much like us, I think, you know, it's yes. tough for me to pick who I am in this film. Okay. Who do you think it is? I think I'm Vince Vaughn. You have a lot of Vince Vaughn elements to you. Vince Vaughn, in any movie, you have a lot of that to you. I love Brad Pitt in this film, but but there's a couple of things that Vince Vaughn does that make me very happy. Well, number one is he is Brad Pitt's partner. And the second time we see Vince Vaughn, he is coming out of the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's inviting him. Is that old lady? Okay, 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 okay. Let's give we got some a lot background to go. Let's got, for the well, listeners. Yeah. So uh, Brad Pitt's cover story is that he owns a construction firm. And he's the senior engineer at that construction. And when firm. he goes, he walks to he goes to the building. And when he walks in, there is an old lady, like his receptionist, who hands him his passport, his t- train ticket, his receipts, uh, and then another gentleman who hands him like some blueprints of some sort. Yes. And then he goes into his office, and it's revealed that he, uh, it's a front, and that's where he gets his duties and jobs for, to be an assassin. Mm-hmm. So does that old lady know that he's an assassin? I don't think that old lady knows because she kind of stumbles on her words a little bit. She says, "Oh, you got to get rid of that gun. I mean, gum." gum. Does she stumble like that? Yeah, it says I had the subtitles on on HBO, oh. and so I was I played it back a few times to kind of dissect if she knew it or not. Interesting. Um, I, second question: Is that old lady Vince Vaughn's mom? No, I don't think so because, but Vince Vaughn does seem like the type. He's a mama's boy in this film. Yeah, because he does live with his mother, and at one point he goes, "Hey, I'm having a barbecue at my mom's place," and he like does the like finger to his lips like the sh, and then like points. To the other room where the old lady and the guy are. Uh-huh. So I'm not sure if he's telling Brad Pitt, like, oh, I'm not inviting them. Or if he's saying, like, you know, my mom out there. She doesn't know that I'm having the party yet. So mm. that's why I kind of thought maybe that was Vince Vaughn's it's mom. It's possible because we never see Vince Vaughn's, Vince Vaughn's mom inside of yeah. his house. So maybe we don't see his mom because... She's MacGuffin. <laughs> she's the she's the, the MacGuffin, um, dude. Also, my favorite scene with Vince Vaughn... My other favorite scene with Vince Vaughn hmm. is when they're in a diner after... Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie have their first battle. Yes. They're in a diner together and Brad Pitt's like, he's like, I don't know, man. It was a, there was someone else out there. And Vince Vaughn's like, there was someone else out there. And he goes, yeah, maybe 5'10", 150 pounds. Yes. And he goes, who was like a Filipino guy? Yeah. Dude. And he goes, maybe not even a guy. Not even a him. And he's like, you think you got your ass kicked by a chick? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, maybe. Dude, maybe. what the fuck? They're comparing Filipino boys to, to women. Women. Which is not fun- a... Dude, the Filipino species, might I say, <laughs> is a tiny... We are cut from a different cloth, I'll tell you. Um, but my favorite part of that scene is when the waitress comes home, she's like, you guys want any dessert? And do you remember what Vince Vaughn says? He's, he's like, uh, he goes, ice cream. He's like, what do you got? She's like, we got ice cream. He's like, what flavors do you have? She goes, vanilla and chocolate. He goes, I don't like either of those. 
separately, but maybe together they make a nice little dish. Yeah. You know what? Why don't we do that? Get a whole, and actually, I want a whole Sunday, so why don't you make the whole thing for me? She's like, I'll see what I could do. Do you like that move? I love that move. So if him you can decide, like, dissect that move. Yes. Dissect it for me because I don't understand how that could work on a girl. Really? I think that's too forward and super rude. Choose a flavor, man. Or you could easily say, oh, can I have both of those on a dish? No. Put a banana in there, please. <laughs> that, please. Put a banana in there, please. Sounds like you are sexually harassing her. What? Yes. I'm asking when for you a say banana. Like, put a banana in there, please. That's gross. This You're is how you changing with, the cadence this is of how my you sentence do it without sounding weird. What? You, well, you ask her like, well, what flavors do we have? And she's like, well, vanilla. and like, so she, he's already like doing that playful banter. And like, oh, I don't, he's like, I don't want that. And he's like, I don't want any of that. You know what I mean? This is what you're offering me: chocolate and vanilla. I don't want that. But you know what I do want? Both of those things together. It, it, it just works, Christian. It just fucking works. Okay, I challenge you. For when this when when we're out of quarantine and Thrifties or Baskin Robbins opens back no, up, no, what and like, no, it's can you imagine gonna, it's not gonna work like that. I can't walk into an ice cream shop and be like, "What flavors do you got?" You know what? I want both of those. Make a make a Sunday out of it. They'll be like, "Okay, let that's alone what we do here." Let alone a Baskin Robbins, and they list out thirty one flavors for you, and you're like, "I don't like any of those." But I do want all 31 of those flavors together. Why don't you do that for me? It's Why don't you so, give me you, a 31 flavor Sunday? You have to be in the right position. If that position ever arises, Christian, believe me, I will. I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll fail. You can't force it. See, the best part about Vince Vaughn's snarkiness is it's not forced. He's so smooth, man. And that's why I love him. It makes up for the fact that he kind of looks like a thumb. Don't disrespect him. I'm not disrespecting it. I'm just saying it how it is. I'm saying it how it is. Okay. I'm saying it how it is. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is not Vince Vaughn anymore. Although, wait, one more thing about Vince Vaughn is one of my favorite scenes that he does is when he's when John Smith is finally uh, running away yeah. from Angelina Jolie, he goes to Vince Vaughn's house. And Vince Vaughn's oh, like, yeah. why would you come here? This is going to be target number one. They know where I live. And he's holding a <laughs> shotgun. And then his mom like, calls out for him. And he's like, he cocks a shotgun. He's like, mom, I almost, almost shot you, killed you right there, right there. There. What do you want? And she's so scared. This poor lady that we never see. And then, the, and then, uh, Brad Pitt has to spend the night at Vince Vaughn's house, and he's like, he goes, "Good night, John." And then he yells out, "Good night, mom." <laughs> then Brad Pitt is given a blanket so that he could cover himself when he's sleeping on the couch. Pulls it up to his face because he's cold. Smells it and takes <laughs> it off. Pulls it off. <laughs> Must be the stinkiest blanket ever. When you spend the night at someone's house, it doesn't matter what blanket they give you. It smells bad. I like how Vince Vaughn uh, says. Uh, or Brad Pitt says, you live with your mom. And Vince Vaughn's like, yeah, I live with my mom. She's the only woman I ever trusted. He's like, you live with your mother. He's like, I don't know why you bring it up. She's an A-class woman. I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> and that's, that. I wish I had that response because a couple of times I've had someone bring up to me like, well, you live with your mom. Be like, she's an A-class woman. I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> I live He's with my so mom defensive. because I choose to live with my mom. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. a great line that I'm going to start using. I live with my mom because I choose to live with my mom. She's an A-class woman. When people ask me where I live, like if I'm just meeting people for the first time, um, I say, oh, yeah, um, they ask me, do, do you live with your parents? I'm like, no, my parents live with me. Oh, that's a great line. I, Flip it. What I do is, uh, we're like, oh, uh, where do you live? I'm like, oh, I live with a couple of roommates. I'm like, oh, you do? I'm like, yeah, their names are mom and dad. <laughs> You've used that before? Uh-huh. It's, it's a good one. Uh, I want to play a game with you. What's the game? It's called Quotes Without Context. Ooh, never heard of it before. Uh, well, it's a simple game. What I'm going to do, Christian, yes. is I'm going to read a handful of quotes without context, and I'd like for you to give me said context. Okay. Uh, it's going to be all from the movie, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I hope so. And we'll begin. I had a lot of 
great lines. And I will say the majority of my favorite lines came from right after their big fight that they have. Like once yes. they make up and we'll get to their whole fight scene because it is an incredible fight scene. Oh, that's uh, but a But when they finally scene. do make up and like decide to work together, yes. all of the best lines come from there. So um, Brad Pitt says, web of lies. Um, is it because they, or was this when they were in the minivan during yes. the chase? Yes. That was a great scene. Uh, so there's a, a really good line back and forth. But Yes, that but, scene was so funny. Is this when she reveals, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Is this when she reveals like, uh, my my parents died when I was young. I'm an orphan. No, that's a that's a different one. So oh. my favorite part of that is she goes, uh, she's like John. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm an orphan. My parents are dead. And he's like, well, but who who is that kindly fellow who gave you away at our wedding? She goes, paid actor. And he goes, <laughs> I said, I said, I saw your dad on Fantasy Island. <laughs> and that has always been my favorite line from this film because the fact that he it's it is such a sore spot for him. Yes. Like the way Brad Pitt delivers that line, it's such a sore because you know they had a big blowout of him being like i saw your dad on fantasy island you're telling me he's not the actor from fantasy island are you familiar with the show fantasy island no i know it's an old show So it's an old show where um this little midget and a guy (laughs) ricardo montalban run this island and you come here and you get your your greatest fantasies but the show currently has a rotating cast of people who come to fantasy island okay so the fact that so you're only on one episode Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's like, I saw your dad on Fantasy Island That's is like one specific episode. So rare that yeah, for him to like call it out, it means Beautiful. he has to seen every episode of Fantasy Island. That's oh my gosh, what a good line. Okay, the next one is uh, Angelina Jolie says, "You mean you didn't go to MIT?" And Brad Pitt responds, "No, I went to Notre Dame, art history major." Yeah, that's. Um, I think they just got in the car, mm-hmm. and they're just obviously since they now know each other are assassins. Uh, they're, they're revealing their truth. Honest. Yes, and uh, arguably the only time they've ever been honest in their entire relationship. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and they're loving each other so much at this point with all the facades. Maybe there. it is a kind of a cool dynamic where they're like finally being honest with each other, and they're like kind of like upset about it, but mm-hmm. still love that person. Well, because they're learning so much because they were living in a web of web, web of, of lies. lies, and so like he she. She's like, so you didn't go to MIT? He's like, no, I went to Notre Dame. Art history major. She goes, art? He goes, history. history. It's reputable. <laughs> and that is another one of my favorite lines because he's just like, it's just like, art? Because like, that's so far away from everything yeah. he would know. And he's like, but of course, because he's an engineer, that makes sense that he did art history, probably studied architecture. It just all kind it's of It's so possible. Um, I got more for you if you want to keep Please. playing. Please. I want to keep playing. Uh, Jane Smith says, any last words? John responds, your curtains are horrible. This is when uh, this is toward the beginning of the film, and uh, they're kind of fighting about the curtains that she just put up in the house. I think it's actually during the main fight. No, yeah. dude, it's the beginning because. Well, because do you have any last words? It's when she's. I think it's. When... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, Vince, I have a couple of Vince Vaughn's lines right now, but like, mom, you almost got shot right there, and and those those are all good ones. Uh, do you have any quotes? Do you, I mean, this movie's full of favorite quotes. Do you have any favorite quotes? I have a few. Um, one one more. I always do this. I have one more. Okay, go ahead. Um, Angelina Jolie says, why do I get the girl gun? <laughs> and they have to swap it. He's like, are you serious? Because it's such a, it's so stupid. Like the idea of a girl gun to me has always been such a laughable thing because like it's still a gun. Yeah. Like what what makes it? I guess it's gun, the size. A small gun's going to kill you just as good as a big gun's going to kill you. It's fine. Yeah. Kennedy was killed with a twenty-two. You can tell that she was a, a feminist in this. She was she was looking at the, uh, am I going to wear a dress or a suit when she's getting a change of clothes? That was cool. At the fake Costco later mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. Costmart. Costmart. Uh, I have a few quotes. Hit me. So this one kind of bounces off of your first one. 
I can't believe I brought my real parents to our wedding. That one, yeah. Brad Pitt's so upset. He's like, um, that he finds out that Angelina Jolie's parents are, are, are actors. Dude, and she's tripping. She's like, uh, you're so lazy. Like, when you uh, didn't okay. bring so my later, mom. Once, once they finally capture Tank, Yeah. Right. they throw him in the back of the... That's one of my favorite scenes because they're in the van driving away and Angelina Jolie's pissed because Brad Pitt didn't follow the rules of the plan that they had set. Yep. He improvised and, and messes it up and somehow gets lucky again. Maybe typical to how his jobs are. He got lucky again. And she's like, this is so unplanned. Just like my mother's uh, birthday. You're never prepared. Just like our anniversary. And he's like, oh, your fake mother. Your fake mother's <laughs> She was birthday. like, that's not the point. And then from the background, you hear the guy tell him, he goes, who are you people? Because that would be so funny. Could you imagine getting kidnapped? And then the first thing you hear is them like bickering like that. Fighting. Just fight. It would it'd be so comical. Who are you people is another great delivery. All right. I got another one. Hey. I don't get out of bed for less than half a million dollars. That's Vince Vaughn when he gets the alert that uh, John Smith is uh, wanted. Is this the same world as John Wick? No. Where everybody's an assassin? Because it seems like everybody's an assassin in Who this Who would win film. in a fight? Uh, Jolie, Pitt, or Reeves? The, the Smiths versus the Wicks? Yes. The Smiths. Is there more than one Wick? Does he have a no, wife in this? He doesn't need one. No, he's by himself. Uh, John John Smith or John Wick? I say, I mean, I've never seen any of the John Wicks, uh, but we'll I'm assuming he later. kills way more people. Uh, well, the body count for this whole movie is 41. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. There's a body count? Yeah. How many kills in this movie alone? Mm -hmm. I have the body count for each of their own kills that they've accumulated. So that's a really funny scene that I want to get to. Yes. Um, so they're having this number, and it's funny because they're having all of the early relationship conversations now that they're being honest with each other mm -hmm. because they never had that honest number or you know conversation before yes and so they get to that question of well what's your number but unlike a traditional relationship they're not asking what's your number of people you've been with sexually they're asking beautiful what's your number of how many people you've your killed kill count and so angelina jolie asked brad pitt and you can see him like you know i don't want to like brag or anything he's like but uh and this is just a guesstimation i don't really keep track maybe high 50s low 60s and I've been around the block. And Angelina Jolie goes, uh, nice. 112 for me. No, not 112. No, 122? 312, dude. She 300? says 312. No, dude, like I said, I had them HBO subtitles on, so I saw the number. 312. The best part about that scene, though, is when Brad Pitt turns around and he's like, damn. And you can tell like he's not upset that she has a bigger number. He's upset that he lied about his number. Mm -hmm. Because you you know fifty high fifties low sixties, it's it's tiny in comparison. And she's like, well, some of them are two at a time. What? Which okay, and here's another weird thing: she had a higher kill count than him. But later on in the film, when he like mentions certain jobs, like when they mentioned Canada, and she's like, that was you, and like he mentions a couple of the jobs that he did that she didn't do. Everything that's brought up, he did that she didn't. Yes, I I love that. How much they were finding out about each other when he said. Oh, um, that one night on our anniversary had to kill this person. She was like, "Oh, you, yeah, you got. I, I wanted, wanted that it. person." Or when he's like, uh, "You didn't hear the chopper drop me off at our anniversary wedding?" She was like, "No." She's like, was "Oh like, yeah, I'm. I was deaf that night from a percussion grenade." That's right. Beautiful. I do want to talk about that entire scene. One of the climaxes of the film was when they actually have the shootout slash fight out at their own home. Yes. And so when they find out about each other, they're tasked to kill each other. Their agencies have sent them to kill each other. So now they have to do this thing. And it is a weird, you know, bittersweet moment where they know they have to, you know, finish their job, but they don't want to kill this person that they've fallen in love with. Yes. And they go to the house where they know they're both meet up. And they thought they could kill, they would have the strength to kill each other because 
they kind of knew they're because they're assassins. They're assassins. They thought it'd just be a job, and they despised each other through their fake marriage. You know, I don't know if they ever really did. I think they do truly love each other, but if, in the sense of like an old aged marriage where there's just like oh this is boring you think they really just because she kept on muttering to herself like you don't love him you don't love him she was trying to convince herself herself. well here's the perfect line that describes exactly what it is john smith says uh we have an unusual problem here jane you obviously want me dead and i'm starting to care for you less and less wow 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 (laughs) that hurts me that second hand hurts me for sure I, I thought what was beautiful, and I don't know if this was purposeful or just my own observation, that how broken their marriage was when their house was so put together and how together yeah. their marriage was when their house was destroyed. Interesting just correlation. Beautiful I didn't contrast. That. That's really not, beautiful. Hey, good job. Very artsy of you. Thank you very much, dude. Um, I got a couple things about their house. Let's see, let's hear Who it. the fuck built this house? The architect is rich. So I would think that maybe the architect is Brad Pitt. It's possible. But then wouldn't he know about all the secret compartments that Angelina Jolie has? Well, that's uh, only if he was suspicious of her. So here's here's my thinking. What's up? They built the house and Brad Pitt built it with his basement full of guns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then Angelina Jolie did renovations to the kitchen. I could see that. And that's how she was able to put her things in there. Yeah. And you can tell this is kind of aged and they're trying to break out of the whole it is kind inequality. Of our, it's weird that like... They make Angelina Jolie such a strong feminist, yet put all of her stuff in, in the, the kitchen. And all of his stuff is in like hardware garage. in the garage or the shed. Um, yeah, dude. So that's interesting. That's 2005 for you. One of my favorite things is that Brad Pitt hides his guns in toys. Yeah. He uh, he had like a battleship painting that like, that like opens lifts up. up and, and then like in a sealed battleship box is a Colt 45 with a silencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking but well, you know crazy. what's not sealed up in that box is what? the ammo. It's just sitting next to the the battleship box. It's just chilling there. <laughs> it's just yeah, there. and it's like, oh, you're oh, you'll hide the gun, but not the ammo. Uh, yeah, it's just out in the open like that. It's it's a great. This movie has so many great parts. Arguably, the best thing that Brad Pitt does what as a spy, the smartest thing he does as this assassin is when he shows up at Angelina Jolie's uh, building. And mm-hmm. and is like in the building, like and all the women freak out and start burning their hard drives, burning air, all their information, and abandon their headquarters. So much to the fact that the next time we see them, they're hiding in a taco truck. Arguably, he crippled their business. He, he doesn't need to kill Angelina Jolie. He's already removed all of them from working. Yeah, dude. Um, he was so smart about that. Is are all of those women that work with Angel- Angelina Jolie? Also trained assassins, or are they like temp agents that she has working? For? I don't think they're temp agents. I don't think. I think there are a few other assassins. I don't think they are. I think they have uh, differently distributed jobs. Uh-huh. Um, so one person might be like a hacker, and the other person is just uh, the person who gains info for their next kill. But I don't think all of them are trained assassins. I I like to think that they are. That'd be cool. Because I mean, they all knew how to like jump out that window and they all seem pretty inept. Well, I'm pretty sure there was like a physical boot camp for them to join this. <laughs> you have to at least know how to hold the gun, baby. All right, got it. Uh, who had a cooler like boss? When Angelina Jolie is being scanned in to like go to work, that was like, I thought that was a really cool. Oh, they called him um, father, I think. Yeah, and, but the, I think they also called Brad Pitt's mother. No, no, you're making that up. You're just trying to make it like weirdly symmetrical. Like if there's a father for the girls, there's did a mother you, for the guys. Did you recognize who was the father though? Who played the father? No, it was a distorted voice. But we, we see like part of his face 
It's it's a. I'll show you his picture later. I don't know what his name is, but he's been in a bunch of movies, even movies that we've done. Okay, yeah, show me. I that's deep research because I didn't Keith think David we were supposed is to. Is his name? Doesn't ring a bell. This picture will. Oh, I've seen him. That's who that is. Yep. Never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. Never would have guessed. Oh, I have. So usually you're the one that's like finding these small little Easter eggs mm-hmm. and kind of informing me and delighting me when we do these podcasts. But I, I got one for you, and you might have noticed it, but I feel like if you did, you would have brought it up by now. Did you notice the that, shirt that Adam Benjamin... Brody's yep. Yep. Exactly. He's, yeah, he's wearing a Fight Club shirt. A Fight Club shirt. Uh, so I, subtle. Did you watch this on HBO Go? Yes, sir. Because there is also on HBO Go a director's cut of this film. I should have watched... No, I watched the regular version. You should have told me when we when you texted know. me about I this. I didn't know. Wow. It's five minutes longer. I wonder what the five minutes consisted of. A little more violence and a longer sex scene. Oh, they do have a... They had, First of all, that sex scene was kind of weird. Yeah, I walked away when that was going on. Because like they start making out hard and they like land on a counter and you can't tell if they're done. They're like fighting sex. Yes. In the beginning of fighting sex. Because she smacks him after... Yeah, and then he like slams her against the mirror. A couple of times he slams her up against the mirror. Speaking, yeah, like in the the, the, <laughs> in the scene where they're dancing, he's like, "Care to dance?" Yeah, and they're like removing each other's weapons, hidden um, weapons from that each was other. Great. When they have the dinner, when they first like kind of figure out who each other is, and he thinks she poisoned the dinner. Yes. That was a great scene. He drops a bottle of wine, and her reflexes, mm-hmm. she catches it, and she knows she gave it away. And, he, and they both like, uh, and they both like run. I'll away. grab a napkin. Yeah, uh, they're drinking Camus, which is a great uh, vineyard that's incredible wine. So if you're a wino out there, Camus. Camus. Expensive. Um, she claims, I like when they're being honest with each other, and he says, honey, you can't cook for shit. <laughs> Sweetie, I haven't cooked a meal in my life. The other iTemp girls makes the food That's for so her. That's so funny. So is that like a job? Do they have a personal chef I can No. I think what it is is they like brought somebody in, and they're like, all right, Samantha, you're going to go take Abu Dhabi. Jill, you're going to Seattle to handle this business, and then- uh, Jessica, I need you to make me dinner tonight for me and my husband, uh, but put it in like Pyrex. I'll throw it in the oven. I'll just heat it up. And she's like, what? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. He likes a uh, pot roast. Make a pot roast for dinner. Poor girl. This girl's trying to become a trained assassin. She's probably just the intern. <laughs> They're making her cook dinner for Andrew. Yeah, for she's the like, uh, they haven't taught me how to shoot a gun yet, but I a, am making pot roast. Have you ever had a boss ask you to do like a weird thing? And you're like, okay. And so like you and you find yourself like doing this weird thing. One time, one time I picked up my boss from the airport. Yes. And I remember driving back from the airport with him in the car and just being like, why did I say yes to doing this? Like and That's a weird situation. And because you want to please your higher yeah, ups. You don't know how to say no at first. But after that, I learned how to say no. No, the most I've ever done for my boss that wasn't in the job description or my supervisor, I went to Chipotle, told her I was going to Chipotle. She was like, oh, can you get me uh, this? And she's super vegan. So I was just like, <laughs> I was joking around with the Chipotle workers. Super vegan? Yeah. Is just- it like a soft vegan? No, I, I I was just saying she's just pretty she's pretty strict with her veganism. Okay, is what I'm saying. Um, and so I was vegan. joking around with the what? So a vegan then? Pretty much all vegans <laughs> are pretty strict. Same. No, I've heard of some loose They're vegans. All gross, dude. Can I not say words like loose anymore? Nope. Tell your story. Okay, so I was talking to the Chipotle workers and I was joking around with them. I was like, my supervisor uh, is making me order her some uh, all of the vegan options here. So. Ah, uh, if I bring it to her wrong, probably not going to have my job anymore. And they were like, kind of like half laughing. But by saying that, I know they made a damn good burrito for the lady. That's similar to how Vince Vaughn got a Sunday at that, din- at that diner, bro. You I make was... them laugh, 
you make them laugh, and then you kind of get more stuff. But I wasn't flirting with them. The guy working there was a, a guy. It doesn't take flirting to... to, to Vince Vaughn wasn't necessarily flirting. That was flirting. He, he I even do like, reveals I, it. I do like later on when he's in a diner, he's trying to get a, a waitress's attention, and she just completely ignores him. Yeah, he... Because it's hit or miss, man. It's not, you're saying... You're telling me that 100% of your shots, you always land? They land 80% of the time, 100% of the time. I like how sometimes you come to me for like flirting advice. I'm like, I don't. The fuck I know, man. I don't come to you for flirting advice. I come to show you how badly I've messed it up. You're like, am I doing this right? (laughs) And I'm almost never doing it right. Yeah. I mean, you got a mouthpiece on you, but like the way you text does not translate. It's it's me, though. It's you. Yeah, it's you. Just lacks a lot of punctuation. Now that I know you, it's you. Okay. Do you have a best person on set award? Uh, my best person on set award is going to go to Vince Vaughn. I have one more fun fact to tell you. Okay. When they do have that original fight and after the dinner, mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie runs out the house and gets in the car and drives off. Yes. Brad Pitt's chasing her. He accidentally gets caught in the fence and shoots the gun. Yeah. That was actually an accident. He wasn't. He was running and got and got caught in the fence and accidentally shot. You know. His, oh, and they kept it. And, in. The, and his reaction was real. So they kept it in and, and and added it. Wow. I don't think this is uh, comparable, but I do think it's analogous to how Leonardo DiCaprio in mm-hmm. Django gets so angry uh, during that intense. scene. way more intense. Way more intense, obviously. That's, but, you know, there's an analogy there. I would say it's more like in Die Hard when they push Snape off the edge of the building. Mm-hmm. When they filmed it, they're like, okay, Alan Rickman, we're going to count to three. And then they pushed him on two. You know, oh. Yeah, so that's why his reaction is it's a, a, real it's a real reaction. <laughs> that's why uh, if and when we do movies, we're going to, I want to tackle loosely scripted shit well, so everything's a surprise. Sometimes that goes great in films, but then there was also that bad Marlon Brando film where they didn't tell the girl Marlon Brando was going to beat the shit out of her. And so like she showed up to film that scene and he just beat the shit out of her and then they recorded it and they're like, this what? is going to be good. The fuck? This is going to be good. You think good. he apologized afterwards? He was no, like, he's a you method didn't... actor. No, he's a method actor. Was that last tango in Paris? I think it was. Did that not do well? <laughs> it was one of his last films, right? No, think, this uh, was an earlier No, it film. wasn't that one. It was one oh, of his later ones. Okay, okay. Where he was like big and had some force behind his hits. Dude, he became Fat a thicker man. Fat Brando scares the shit out of me. <laughs> um, Marlon Brando. Uh, what's, a, what's a way you could incorporate the word fat in there? Brando. Marlon Fatso? What's that mean? Can I not talk about established actors in that way? He's not just established. He's an Academy Award winner. Biaser, trained, method actor that you are shitting on. This, I know. If he was still alive and he heard me say this, I would wake up to my dead horse on my bed. Uh, fun. Uh, you know what? That has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah, but neither does a lot of stuff. But You said Vince Vaughn was your best person on set award? Yes, sir. Yours? Uh, honorable mention goes to Vince Vaughn. But honestly, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is up a doing storm. the most. I do really like when he does the gambling scene and he kills everybody in the room. I love it. He doesn't take the money, but he does check to see what the other guy's cards are beautiful i love that he was like fuck uh when he was filming this movie it was uh in the middle of filming oceans 12 Mm -hmm. he had to take a three-month break to film this film oh so they delayed this a little bit other fun fact is the climax final battle takes place in cost mart which is also the store that uh jim carrey gets a job in in fun with dick and jane there's a lot of similarities between this and fun uh fun with dick and jane they were going to make a sequel fell through they were going to make a tv show the pilot was filmed. Wait, for Mr. Not, and Mrs. Smith or mm-hmm. Fun with Dick and Jane? Nope, for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh-huh. They filmed a pilot episode for a TV show. Did not do well. Starring the same people? Nope. 
uh, yeah, sorry, that's why. TV actors. That's why. I was going to be like married with children, but with guns. And that doesn't a sound sitcom? good at all. A that's, sitcom? <laughs> married with children with guns sounds like the worst show ever. I No, I would not watch that. Um, and then they tried, they asked Angelina Jolie in 2010 if they were going to make a sequel. And she said, you know, we had thrown around the idea. We even read a couple of scripts. But all the scripts either involved them having a divorce and trying to get back together, them having kids and trying to get back together, or the same thing again. And neither of them liked the scripts. So... Probably not going to get a Mr. and Mrs. Smith too, which I'm okay with. Yeah, I'm fine with like you know a a, a single gem, a solid gem right here. A Don't touch it. Solid one off. I hate when something is so successful, and they're like, well, okay, let's make a spinoff. John Wick. Um, they should have just left it at one. But the they wanted it for the money, and guess what it's doing? No, they no making it money. I think Keanu Reeves just wanted to shoot a bunch of guns. You think I so? Think, I honestly think he just wanted to make the most violent movie he could, and just like see what he could do to push. To push it. I wonder what his stance is. Because the first one's really, really, a really good action film. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is just like comically, comic, comically violent. Mm-hmm. And then the third one, they're like, let's just keep doing that thing for money. They went all out in the third one? No, they did the exact same thing that they did in the second one in the third one. Okay. They do keep one-upping the action and the stunts though, so I'll give them that. Hey, but it's really doing something for his career. Because right it, now he it really is reinvigorated at peak. It, it totally, it, yeah. People, not, not to say that he didn't have a great career to begin with, uh, but this this franchise definitely put him back on the map. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a Matrix 4 now because of it. I would say, What's and up? I don't mean to interrupt you. It's okay. John Wick did for action films. He it redid what action films are because that gun jujitsu is now in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that did what to action films what the Bourne supremacy or the Bourne movies did for action films because when the Bourne movies came out that's when action films took the turn to it has to be more realistic it has to be a real thing that's why Batman became realistic that's why all these movies became nitty gritty down to earth real things mm-hmm. that's why James Bond didn't have gadgets in his first film it's because they were trying to do a Bourne thing where it's a realistic that's why it's selling and John Wick came in redid it all with gun jujitsu that is like the biggest action films everybody's doing gun jujitsu now yeah he's so big to the point now like he's uh, gonna be in that video game cyberpunk yeah and that looks incredible looks pretty good i wonder what his stance is on gun violence not gun violence huh? but just like it's owning probably, guns. he probably thinks it sucks obviously terrible terrible mm-hmm. but like you know he's been in so many action flicks he came a long way he bill and ted's excellent adventure and, and then straight into well even before that he like literally was a teenage heartthrob dude like he was he was kind of like a schmutzy pucksy kind of dude mm-hmm. and then uh, started making like Bill and Ted, silly movies like that as a kid. And then he like transitioned to like an adult romantic film. That's right. Dramatic actor. And he like uh, a walk in the bushes, a walk to remember, walk, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a walk in the bushes. Walk, I hope walk, no one walks walk through in bushes. The um, and then, and then after that, he was like, no, now I'm going to be an Matrix guy. Star. Yeah. Point break. And what would you, what would you rather do? Comedy action or comedy action? I'd rather do action. Really? Yeah. You're like Chris D'Elia. Chris is like, yeah, I've done comedy. I'm a comedian, but I'm really trying to get into being an action star. I saw him. He was like in a zombie thing. I, at least I saw him like training to be in a zombie film or something, and he looked good behind a gun. Really? Yeah. I took him seriously behind a gun. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, he, he does look like an alpha male type dude. He works out a lot. He he has a, a wider frame. He's, he's kind of a big dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's possible. So I think if you if you beef up a little bit more, I think you're well on your way there. I am 100% of beefcake, all right? So you take that back. 100%? 100%. All American beef, baby. Uh, My best person on set award. You're finally telling us your best person on set. What's said, up? It was Brad Pitt. I already said it. Oh, okay, okay. Then we're, we're done. This is. Oh, we haven't given this an ICBTB rating yet. 
Oh, that's right. I give it, it can be that good. Oh, the top of the top. It is a tippy tip. Yeah, I'll give it the same. It can be that good. You heard it here first, guys, on a 15-year-old movie. Mm-hmm. We're still rating movies. We don't care if it's from the 60s, 70s, or 80s. We'll do it. Look, Actually, there's yeah, a threshold. We, we I'll haven't stop. watched like the oldest. I think the oldest film we've watched is maybe 1990. The next movie we get, if it's a silent film, like fucking Keaton, do it. Dude. All right, guys. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Can't be that bad, don't we?